Hallelujah. All right. So, yeah, we're here to celebrate first fruits, in particular, the first fruits of oil. Hallelujah. And uh, as you know, or you may not know, um, but oil comes from olive oil, in particular, comes from olives. Hallelujah. You know, and so you don't get the first fruits of oil until after you've harvested the olives. Say la. You know, so um, seeing that this is a Shavuot, um, you know, we have some special songs that we that we like to read during this time. Uh, can I get someone to help me out? I have a first reader read Psalm 68, please. Psalm 68. Let Elohim arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melted before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of Elohim. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before Elohim. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto Elohim, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is Elohim in his holy habitation. Elohim setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O Elohim, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march before the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of Elohim. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of Elohim, the Elohim of Israel. Thou, O Elohim, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary, Thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O Elohim, hath prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Verse 12. Kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarrieth at home divided the spoil. Though ye have lean among the pots, Yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver, and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow and salmon. The hill of Elohim is as the hill of Bashan, and high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which Elohim desires to dwell in. Yea, Yahuwah will dwell in it forever. The chariots of Elohim are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that Yahuwah Elohim might dwell among them. Blessed be the Adonai who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the Elohim of our salvation, Selah. 
He that is our Elohim is the Elohim of salvation. And unto Elohim the Adonai belong the issues from death. But Elohim shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp of such an one as goeth on still in his trespasses. The Adonai said, I will bring again from Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea, that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies, and the tongue of thy dogs in the same. They have seen thy goings, O Elohim, even the goings of my Elohim, my king in the sanctuary. The singers went before, the players on instruments followed after. Among them were the damsels playing with timbrels. Bless ye Elohim in the congregations, even Yahuwah from the fountain of Israel. There is little Benjamin with their ruler, the princes of Judah and their council, the princes of Zebulun and the princes of Naphtali. Thy Elohim hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O Elohim, that which thou hast wrought for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's like an infomercial. There's more. Because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring presents unto thee. Rebuke the company of spearmen, the multitude of the bulls, uh, with the cast of the people, till everyone submit himself with pieces of silver. Scatter thou the people that delight in, that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Mitzrayim. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto Elohim. Sing unto Elohim, ye kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises unto the Adonai. Selah. To him that rideth upon the heavens, which were of old, lo, he doeth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Ascribe ye strength unto Elohim, his excellency is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O Elohim, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The Elohim of Israel is he, he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be Elohim. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah, my next reader read the book of Sirach, um, Sirach 51 in particular. I will thank thee, O Adonai, and King, and praise thee, O Elohim, my Savior. I do give praise unto thy name, for thou art my defender and helper, and hast preserved my body from destruction and from the snare of the slanderous tongue, and from the lips that forge lies, and has been my helper against mine adversaries. And has delivered me according to the multitude of thy mercies and greatness of thy name from the teeth of them that were ready to devour me and out of the hands of such as sought after my life and from the manifold afflictions which I had. From the choking of fire on every side and from the midst of the fire which I kindled not. From the depth of the belly of hell, from an unclean tongue and from lying words by an accusation to the king from an unrighteous tongue, my soul drew near even unto death. My life was near to hell beneath. They compassed me on every side, and there was no man to help me. I looked for the succor of men, but there was none. Then I thought upon them thy mercy, O Adonai, and upon the acts of old, how thou deliverest such as wait for thee, and savest them out of the hand of the enemies. Then lifted I up my supplications from the earth and prayed for deliverance from death, 
I called upon Yahuwah, the father of my Adonai, that he would not leave me in the days of my trouble and in the time of the proud, and that there was, when there was no help, I praise thy name continually and will sing praises with thanksgiving, and so my prayer was heard. For thou savest me from destruction and deliverest me from the evil time, therefore will I give thanks and praise thee, and bless thy name, O Yahuwah. When I was yet young, or even I went abroad, I desired wisdom openly in my prayer. I prayed for her before the temple, and will seek her out even to the end. Even from the flower till the grape was ripe, hath my heart delighted in her. My foot went the right way from my youth up, sought I after her. I bowed down mine ear a little, and received her, and yet much learning. I profited therein, therefore will I ascribe glory unto him that giveth me wisdom. For I purposed to do after her, and earnestly I followed that which is good, so that I could not be confounded. My soul has wrestled with her, and in my doings I was exact. I stretched forth my hands to the heaven above, and bewailed my ignorances of her. I directed my soul unto her. I found her in pureness. I have had my heart joined with her from the beginning, therefore shall I not be forsaken. My heart was troubled in seeking her, therefore I have gotten a good possession. Yahuwah hath given me a tongue for my reward, and I will praise him therewith. Draw near unto me, ye unlearned, and dwell in the house of learning. Wherefore are ye slow, and what say ye to these things, seeing your souls are very thirsty? I opened my mouth and said, Buy her for yourselves without money. Put your neck under the yoke, and let your soul receive her instruction. She is hard at hand to find. Behold with your eyes how that I have but a little labor and have gotten unto me much rest. Get learning with a great sum of money, and get much gold by her. Let your soul rejoice in his mercy, and be not ashamed of his praise. Work with your work your work betimes, and in his time he will give you your reward. Hallelujah. Then we had an apostrophe to Zion. It says, I will remember you, O Zion, for a blessing with all my might. I love you. Your memory is to be blessed forever. Your hope is great, O Zion. Peace and your awaited salvation will come. Generation after generation shall dwell in you, and generations of the pious shall be your ornament. They who desire the day of your salvation shall rejoice in the greatness of your glory. They shall be suckled on the fullness of your glory, and in your beautiful streets they shall make tinkling sounds. You shall remember the pious deeds of your prophets and shall glorify yourself in the deeds of your pious ones. Cleanse violets from your midst, lying in iniquity, may they be cut off from you. Your sons shall rejoice within you, and your cherished ones shall be joined to you. How much they have hoped in your salvation, and how much your perfect ones have mourned for you. Your hope, O Zion, will, shall not perish, and your expectation will not be forgotten. Is there a just man who has perished? Is there a man who has escaped his iniquity? Man is tried according to his way. Each is repaid according to his deeds. Your oppressors shall be cut off from round 
from around you, O Zion, and all who hate you shall be dispersed. Your praise is pleasing, O Zion. It rises up in all the world. Many times I will remember you for a blessing. I will bless you with all my heart. You shall attain to eternal righteousness and shall receive blessings from the noble. Take the vision which speaks of you and the dreams of the prophets requested for you. Be exalted and increase, O Zion, and praise the Most High, your Redeemer. May my soul rejoice in your glory. Hallelujah. Then we have Tehillim 141. My next reader, please. Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as increase, as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O, o Elohim, O Yah, uh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with me and who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous smite, smite me. It shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the, at the grave's mouth, as when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth. But my eyes are unto thee, O, o Elohim. Yahuwah, in thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me and the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own net, nets while it's their eye with, with all escape. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah. Then we have uh, Tehillim 133. Let me have my next reader read Tehillim 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there Yahuwah bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then we have Tehillim 144. My next reader, please. Praise be my, you are my rock, who drains me hand, who drains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in. Oh, Yahuwah, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a... Mere breath 
these days are like a passing shadow. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, the first fruits of oil message. Hallelujah. Uh, and, you know, I have you know, before you can get the first fruits of oil, you have to get the first fruits of the olives. And this is a picture of an olive tree. This is a very unique tree, very unique looking tree. It, don't you think? Yeah. You know, these trees, you know, are uh, next to all but eternal. You know, some of the root systems of the olive trees in Jerusalem date back to the time of Messiah. That's over 2,000 years. Wow. You know, those very same root systems, you know. Um, now, the interesting thing about the olive tree, you know, it kind of looks kind of majestic, actually. You know, um, it's, it's not, you know, it's not what you actually call beautiful, but it still have a kind of a majestic type you know, look and feel to it. But anyway, the way that you get the olives off this thing is they literally used to beat them off. I mean, they literally used to take sticks and rods and beat the olives off. And oftentimes, you know, they broke the tree doing so, you know, such as you see like right here, like, you know, some branches that were broken off, you know, but that's how they would gather the olives from the tree, amen? And so this is very important, you know, for us to understand, seeing that this is the first fruit of oil, you know, and olives have to be gathered and, and beaten in order to make that oil. And then the oil is utilized for light, you know? Now, this is what it takes in order to get the olives, the tree has to be broken and beat. And when we look in scripture, we see Israel is spoken of as an olive tree. You know, it has to be broken and beaten in order to get these olives. You know, and that's important to understand because, you know, it speaks to not just, not just the, uh, you know, the good of Elohim, you know, not, not just, it's just the spiritual good of Elohim, but even the heavenly good of Elohim, the holy of holies, you know, of, of Elohim. You know, these are the type of people that this depict, that's to be broken and beaten, that we might have light. And we know that light represents wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Amen? You know, so uh, just to few passages to speak to what I'm talking about. Yes, Yahoo 17, 6, yet gleaning grapes shall be left in it as the shaking of an olive tree. Two or three berries in the top of the uppermost bow, four or five in the outer, outmost fruitful branches thereof, saith Yahuwah Elohim in Israel. And so hereby we see that you had to shake the olive tree in order to get the, uh, the olives off, you know. And um, yes, Yahoo. 24, 13 says, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done, you know, and also Deuteronomy 24, 20, when thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the bowels again. 
it shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And so, you know, here it is. We see a testament that they not only shook the olive tree to get the olives, but they also beat it. You know, Leviticus 24, 2, command the children of Israel that they bring unto the pure oil, olive beaten for the light, mm -hmm. to cause the lamps to burn continually. Uh, Exodus 27, 20, and thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. Micah 6, 15, thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread the olives but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil mm. and sweet wine, um, but shall not drink wine, mm. you know? And so here it is, you know, we see the process of how the olives um, were done in order to acquire the oil. So they shook the tree, what berries didn't fall out from the shaking, they beat it, you know, what, uh, and then what they gathered, they would then try it underfoot, mm -hmm. amen? amen, you know, and so, <clears throat> This was happening so that you can get olive oil, you know, which is was beaten for the light, you know, because the olive oil is what they put into the um, the uh, the menorah, the lamps, as well as other lamps throughout the land. So olive oil is a source of light for Israel, you know, and but in order to get to make the olive oil, the olive trees had to endure shaking, beating, and, and treading of its olives. And this is a picture. These olives are a picture of people, people, saints, you know, who put it all on the front line and allow themselves to be shooken and beaten and, and trodden underfoot so that they can get the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of Elohim out to the masses. Can you see that? You know, it should remind you of someone. Even, even our Savior. Amen? Amen. Didn't this happen to him? What about his apostles? Likewise happened to them, you know, and I got have news for you. For those who make up this this uh this olive harvest in the end times, same thing's gonna happen to them. You know, you have so many people that teach about folks gonna be raptured away and no one's going to have to endure any, any um, suffering, you know, that's a lie from the pit of Hades. Mm -hmm. You know, scripture does not teach that. Someone has to be the olives. That oil has to come from some from somewhere. And those who make up those olives are the individuals who are going to be shook, beat, and tread down for their life. You know, it's crazy that, you know, every time someone, you know, bring forth wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from on high, someone brings forth truth, they're persecuted for it. Why do you think that is? Could it not be because we're in a dark, wicked world? Yes. That don't like the light? Say mm. lie. You know, remember what Yahshua, who claimed himself to be the light of the world, said, if they hated me, they will also hate you. Say a lot. You know, um, also when we consider the olive oil, we see something else that was done with it. Um, 
we'll take a look at uh, Exodus 30, 25. We see it says, thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be in holy anointing oil. And that's the other thing that they did with the oil. They used it to anoint things. First Samuel 10, 1, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because Yahuwah have anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Ruach of Yahuwah came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And Ezekiel 28, 41, and thou shalt put them on, put them upon Aaron, thy brother and his sons with him, and shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me the office of priest or the priest office. And Leviticus 8.30, Moshe took the anointing oil of the blood, which was upon the altar, and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon his sons' garments with him, and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. So hereby we see that oil was used to anoint, consecrate, and sanctify. And this is another aspect of it in Scripture, you know, where... Uh, and so you, you want to also understand like those who make up that oil, you know, those from whom, whom that, that oil flow, those, those olives, you know, that was pressed to release that oil. They are the ones who have been anointed of Yahuwah. They are the ones that were consecrated and sanctified of the most high El, you know, to, so that they can bring forth that oil so that there can be light in Israel. Amen? Amen. You know, and so oil equals light. And so when we're talking about celebrating the first fruits of oil, we're talking about celebrating the first fruits of light. And light speaks to wisdom, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Amen? Amen. You know, so, you know, keep that in mind. We have Exodus 25 6 which bears witness to this it says oil for the light spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense and then exodus 35 8 and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet incense and exodus 35 14 the candlestick also for the light and his furniture and his lamps with the oil for the light exodus 39 37 the pure candlestick with the lamps thereof, even with the lamps to be set in order and all the vessels thereof, and the oil for the light. In Leviticus 24, 2, command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually. Exodus 27, 20, and thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure olive beaten pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always you know and so here it is we see the oil is also for the light it is for wisdom understanding and knowledge you know it is what was put into the golden menorah it is what emitted the uh, caused the light to be emitted within the holy place amen amen you know so um, that said, I want to speak concerning Haggai. 
because Haggai, you know, the prophet Haggai was given a message on this very day. And that's not by happenstance. He was given a message on this very day. Don't believe me? I'll show you. Haggai 1.1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, today is the beginning of the sixth month, isn't it? In the first day of the month, today is the first day of the sixth month, right? Mm -hmm. Came the word of Yahuwah by Haggai, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Yahudah, and to Yahushua, the son of Yosedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speak of Yahuwah Zavaroh, saying, This people say the time has not come, the time that Yahuwah's house should be built. Then came the word of Yahuwah by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Now, therefore, thus saith Yahuwah Zavaroh, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus saith Yahuwah Zavaroh, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith Yahuwah. It continues on, it says, ye looked for much, and lo, it came a little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith Yahuwah Zavol? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil. And upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hand. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Yahushua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of Yahuwah their Elohim, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as Yahuwah their Elohim had sent him. And the people did fear before Yahuwah. Then spake Haggai, Yahuwah's messenger, and Yahuwah's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith Yahuwah. And Yahuwah stirred up the Ruach, the spirit of Zerubbabel, and the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Yahuwah, and the Ruach of Yahushua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the Ruach of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of Yahuwah, Zavuot, their Elohim, in the 420th day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. Yes. So you see, this is a message that was given Haggai this very day. You know, and this is etched in history, it's etched in scripture because it even speaks to us today. Yes, this prophecy that was given Haggai so long ago speaks to us today, I assure you. And it is forever connected and entwined with this particular day, Shavuot, the first fruits of oil. And it's because during this time, 
during this time, Yah's saints would have been being persecuted for delivering the truth and for trying to build the house of Elohim. Mm. You know, even as, you know, it's kind of always been like that, you know. But this is a timely message, you know, and you can't see much of it pertaining to us on the surface. So we're going to dig beneath the surface so that you might be able to see it. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down every aspect of this first verse. And you're going to see that this is a message unto each and every one of us. You know, so we start with in the second year of Darius the king. Okay. So first of all, we're talking about the second year. Second speaks to two, right? Now, the number two, scripturally speaking, speaks to enmity, opposition, and division. And then it tells us that it was not just the second, but it was the second something. It was the second year. A year is a revolution of time. You know, it's, it's even um, the Hebrew is Shana or Shana, you know, and it means to repeat or do over. So it, it speaks to a revolution of time, something that's being repeated. Amen. And Darius, the name Darius means Lord. And king, a king speaks to he that reigns. So it speaks to reign. So we put this together and we have in a time of enmity, opposition, and division, a Lord will ascend the throne. Because that's what uh, one does when they're becoming a king. Amen. You know, and so um, not only do we have this prophecy, but we actually have a prophecy within the prophecy that speaks to us in our actuality. You know, now let's take a look at the second uh, part of the, of the passage, which says in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, right? What the number six, scripturally speaking, speaks to the, that which is earthly or the fleshly aspect of things. It also speaks to work time and or war time. All right. Um, and then we have the word month. The word month is Kodesh, number 2320. It literally means to be new or the cause to rebuild. And then we have, it speaks of the first, the first day, you know, uh, we have uh, first is at Kod, uh, or one, and the number one, scripturally speaking, speaks to unity or Elohim, you know, so uh, we actually have during a physical um, work time of rebuilding during Elohim's warm hours, his time of anger during the time of rebuilding, uh, i.e. his time of anger during the time of rebuilding. Uh, I forgot to put something up there. Oh, day. Uh, I'm sorry. I forgot to put day up there, but day is in the Hebrew is yom. Y-O-M, and it's number 3117, you know, um, in your Strongs, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, 
um, Young, number 3117-3117, you know, and it means to be hot. Okay, so that's that's what that's what it speaks to, you know. And so uh, when we put all this together, you know, uh, we have during a physical time, uh, during a physical work time of rebuilding, during Elohim's warm hours or hot hours, i.e., his time of anger during the time of rebuilding, you know, uh, the warm hours or the hot uh, hot hours, you know, speak to. Uh, time of anger because Yah's anger was was is depicted in scripture as heat mm. you know so uh consider psalms 78 49 it says he unleashed against them his hot anger his his wrath indignation and hostility a band of destroying angels now mm. you look at this in the kjv it may say i believe it says uh his fierce anger you know, but if you look up the uh, literal word, you know, which is I, uh, A-F, I, I don't remember the Strong's number, but uh, it literally means to kindle a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is where they get the hot and the heat from. Amen. You know, and so this is a picture of y'all getting angry. You know, and so hence it speaks about his wrath and indignation, right? You know, um, and you see this elsewhere as well, but um, I was running out of time, so I didn't get a chance to put another example in there. I do have another one in there, but I I had had to move it to another place. So you'll see it later, but for now, that's it. All right, so then we have, it says, came to the word of Yahuwah. Now, the word of Yahuwah speaks to Yahshua. You know, Yochanan, uh, one one says in the beginning the word was was uh, in the beginning was the word the word was with Elohim and the word was Elohim it should be up here somewhere okay yeah in the beginning was the word the word was with Elohim and the word was Elohim okay and then Yochanan uh, one fourteen teaches us and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth and this word, which was made flesh, was none other than our Messiah, Yahshua, which we're told in Yochanan 1.17, which says, For the Torah was given by Moshe, but grace and truth came by Yahushua Mashiach. So when it speaks about the word of Yahuwah, the scripture is speaking about Yahushua Mashiach. Anybody with me? Yes. All right. So then verse 1 says, By Haggai the prophet. Haggai his name means festive, and he speaks to a feast keeper. And so we put it all together, and we have it came to the word of Yahuwah or Yahushua to a feast keeper or a feast keeping prophet. Hmm. Everybody with me? All right, we're going to break down the next part. So the next part says, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Yahud. Zerubbabel means born in Babel or born in confusion. Because Babel means confusion, right? Son, the word son is Ben, number 1121. 
it speaks to a son as a builder of the family name. It's from Bara, number 1129, meaning to build. Then we have Sheltiel, you know, which speaks to asked or asking of Elohim. Another word for, for asking or asked is prayed or praying. Then we have Yahuda, which speaks to a praiser or a confessor of Yah. You know, I'm liking confessor these days. Mm -hmm. A confessor of Yah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it speaks more to a confessor than a praiser. There's other mm -hmm. words for praiser. Uh, now, we put all that together and we have unto those or one born in confusion building the family's name, praying to Elohim, governor of those that confess Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, so I pray that you can see how there's things behind the word, that the words are just containers. There's things that's in these containers mm -hmm. that, you know, that speak to us if we allow them to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next part um, the last part of the same uh, of the passage says, and to Yahushua, the son of Yehoshadak, uh, the high priest, saying, now Yahushua, his name means delivered of Yah, or delivered of Yahuwah, right? You know, Yosadek speaks to who Yah makes righteous or Yah's righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we put it, put these together and we have, and to those delivered of Yahushua, the builder of Yah's righteousness, the high priest saying. Now you see all that stuff that's within, that's contained within the words in this first passage? You know? Mm -hmm. So we put it all together. So Haggai 1.1 reads, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of Yahuwah by Haggai, the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Yahuda, and to Yahushua, the son of Yosedek, the high priest, saying, right? But if we insert the hidden meanings of these things into the text, it reads quite a bit differently. It even reads as a prophecy within the prophecy. Mm. It says, in a time of enmity, opposition, and division, a Lord will ascend the throne during a physical aspect of rebuilding Yah's temple. Within Elohim's time of anger during this time of rebuilding comes the word of Yahuwah, Yahushua, uh, to a feast-keeping prophet. Unto those born into confusion, building the family's name, praying to Elohim, governor of those that confess Yahuwah and to those delivered of Yahushua, the builder of his righteousness, the high priest saying. Mm -hmm. Isn't that Yasa? Mm -hmm. That's the stuff I get off on. You know, that's, you know, you know, that's why I spend so many hours in the word. It's, you know, it's, it's for this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just mind blowing to me, you know, because for a few reasons, because it doesn't make sense, but unto the people it was meant for. Oh, yeah. 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 Pre-Yahshua, 
this wouldn't have made much sense. Mm -hmm. Post Yahshua makes a lot of sense. You know, so let's take a closer look. In a time of enmity, opposition, and division, a Lord will ascend the throne. Do not scripture teach about one ascending the throne and becoming a king over um, overall. Mm -hmm. We read about this in Revelation, do we not? Yeah. Yes. You know, um, anybody remember his name? Nobody. <laughs> Apollo, Abaddon in the Hebrew means the destroyer. Revelation speaks of this destroyer that will be released out of the bottomless pit that will ascend the throne and rule over all and speak great blasphemies against Elohim. Everybody with me? Yeah. Okay. So that will be a time of enmity, opposition, and division. Amen? Amen. During that time, this Lord will ascend the throne during a physical aspect of rebuilding. Um, and speaking of Yah's temple, we know that because Haggai is all about Yah's temple. Mm -hmm. Now, so what does this say? This is, this is saying, this is a prophecy that's saying they will build another physical temple. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we live to see mm -hmm. them start building another physical temple in, in the land, we have this prophecy to go off of. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. How many of you know that they're already making plans to build a third temple? They're already gathering, you know, uh, the things for the for this third temple. If they ever get to the point of where whereby they start building it, this prophecy comes true. It becomes the beginning of this prophecy coming to pass, does it not? You know, because it's prophesying such a thing. It goes on to say, within Elohim's time of anger during this time of rebuilding. Now, considering that you that you have, considering what Revelation shows us about this, this Lord that will ascend the throne, that will become king and cause, you know, everybody to worship him, you know, considering, considering that, we can see why Yahuwah's anger will wax hot. Can we not? Yes. We can see why why he would become hot, why he would become angry. Can we not? Yes. You know, hence it says within Elohim's time of anger during this time of rebuilding. Because, you know, after they get finished building it, you know, scripture teaches that they're going to um, put an abomination of desolation within it. Mm. And that is going to take Yah off, as it should. Amen? You know, I'm telling you, this is, this is real deal stuff right here. Because there's another prophet that was given the word just five days 
after um after this, you know, in the sixth year, and on the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, and it's speaking the uh speaking about about that time. And this is Ezekiel. This was a word that was given to Ezekiel. You know, in the sixth year, in the sixth day, in the sixth uh, in the fifth day of 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 the month. Now, if you think about that, that's just about six six six. You know, can you see that? You know, the next day would be the sixth day. But he's being shown this stuff before the sixth day. And this is where, you know, um, the angel of Yah takes him through the temple and shows him all the desecrating things that the priests are doing within the temple. And shows him the abomination of desolation, the image that's put up at the at the gate of the temple. And this is the time when he sends his angels to seal his people. The angel with the ink horn goes around and seals Yah's people. I'm I'm telling you, this is very revelatory, very pertinent to our day and time. You know, um, so we can see why Yah's will wax hot. Why his anger will wax hot during this time, you know, even because, you know, that king that sit upon the throne will blaspheme Elohim and everything that that uh, uh, that has to do with him. He just going, he going ham, um, you know, uh, against Yah and his people, you know, and it, it says it will come uh, that the word of Yahuwah will come to a feast keeping prophet. Now, in times past, pre Yahshua, this wouldn't have this wouldn't have meant much because every prophet was feast keeping. Right. Yes. Right. Right. But in our day and time, we have we have those who keep the feast mm-hmm. and those who don't keep the feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet they all claim Yahuwah Elohim. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So this becomes pertinent. To our day and time, even during the time of Yahshua, you know, every prophet would have been peacekeeping. Yeah, because even the apostles, you know, um, in the ecclesia, they were still keeping the feast, right? Right, right. Because they were, they were all, they were all Yahudim. They were all going to the feast. You know, they were, you know, from from all over Israel, but they. Always going to the to the uh, to the feast in Yahuda, right? Right. You know, so I want you to, you to see that like this pertains to after that. That's the only time it would make sense. You know, um, so it it says that it will come. The word of Yahuwah, you know, or Yahshua will come to a feast keeping prophet unto those born in confusion. Yeah, that pretty much um, speaks to everybody, right? You know, in, in our day and time, you know, back back in the day, maybe not so so much, but in our day and time, definitely, definitely, you know, um, all this, you know, all are born in, in, into confusion, you know. Um, so we're talking about a word that's going to come to a peacekeeping prophet, and the word is going to be 
for those who are born in confusion, yet they're building the family's name. Mm -hmm. Praying to Elohim as the governor of those that confess Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. And also it's going to be to those delivered of Yahushua, the builder of Yah's righteousness, the high priest. Now, during the time Haggai received this, there's no way he knew Yahushua was was uh, would have came and would have been deemed the high priest um, in order of Melchizedek forever. Right. You see, so it wouldn't have made sense for folks during his time. Only post Yahshua does it make sense. You know, this is this is huge because if you look at it closely, you can see it's speaking to the Yahudim as well as Israel. That Yahudim who who doesn't even who don't even accept Yahshua as well as Israel, who were saved via Yahshua. You know, hence it speaks about, you know, feast-keeping prophet unto, unto those born in confusion, yet building the family's name, praying to Elohim, governor of those that confess Yahuwah. And then it makes a distinction from them to the people who were delivered of Yahushua, the builder of Yah's righteousness, the high priest. So it's speaking to all the people of Elohim. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Y'all some prophecy within a prophecy. Only y'all can do that. Yes. You know, and you know, given during a time where he placed like a time stamp on it for so that only the people whom it was meant for can make sense of it. Yes. And this is not the first time that we found something like something like this. You know, this is absolutely Yas. I just had you know. <laughs> so it continues on, Haggai continues on. It says, Thus speak of Yahuwah Zavahot, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that Yahuwah's house should be built. You know, so apparently you know when it when they should be building it some folks gonna be saying no it's not time yet hmm. you know others gonna be saying yeah it is you know but then this word is gonna come from yahuwah you know through the feast keeping prophet he's gonna prophesy again and he's gonna say is it time for you oh ye to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste now therefore thus saith Yahuwah's Avot, consider your ways. Mm. Now this is this is huge. Verse 6. Ye have so much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. He that earn of wages, earn of wages to put in a bag with home. Mm. Can you not see that they are accursed? Mm. Yep. They are accursed. These are some of the very same curses that's pronounced in Deuteronomy 28, you know, which was pronounced over the people if they would not keep Yah's commandments. Hence, he says in verse 7, consider your ways. Mm. Now, to properly understand Yah's statement here, one, 
uh, need to also understand that in the days of Haggai, two years prior to this message, Haggai um, uh, receiving this message, the temple had begun to be built. But the enemy had put a halt to its completion. So they had started it and then they stopped. You understand? And so they stopped and they just left it, you know, unbuilt because they got a lot of opposition from, from completing it. And so, you know, at this particular time, y'all was like, okay, the time is now. How long y'all gonna leave my house undone? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I made it so that y'all can rebuild it. Y'all received a little opposition and y'all just gonna leave it like that forever? Be like, no, nah, get back to building my house. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You know, now this is important to understand because spiritually speaking, you know, the same thing is happening now. Mm -hmm. Verse eight says, go up to the mountain and bring wood mm -hmm. and build the house. This is what the other part of what Yah is telling Haggai to tell the people. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. Mm -hmm. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith Yahuwah. Whoo. Now, to really appreciate what Yah is saying here, one needs to understand a couple of things. Mm -hmm. The first is that tomorrow is the time of the wood offering. If you look on your calendars, you see tomorrow speaks to when they will start bringing their wood offerings. The um, two tribes, you know, uh, will bring bring it each day for the rest of the week, or for the, uh, you know, and now that's when it will usually begin. So it's very revelatory that Yah is telling him on the sixth day, on the first day. Uh, on, on the sixth month, the first day of the sixth month, you know, knowing that they're about to bring that they, that it should they should be bringing wood for the temple, seeing that his house is not built, they're not going to do it, you know. But he's saying, no, go up to the mountain and bring wood, not for the altar, mm -hmm. but bring it to build the house. Mm -hmm. This is the time that they should have been bringing wood anyway. Mm -hmm. You understand? So the second thing that needs to be understood is that there's there was also a spiritual house of Elohim that had started to be built during the time of Yahushua and his apostles. And this decree surely speaks um, to them even more so. You know, so here it is. We're talking about a physical house, but also within this passage is a spiritual prophecy speaking to those of Yahshua who supposed to be building a spiritual house. Mm -hmm. And like unto the time of Haggai, this spiritual house had started to be built and then it's been left off building. Mm -hmm. Evidence of this is 1 Kephas 2, 5, and 6. It says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Elohim by Yahushua Mashiach. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Mm -hmm. Of course, speaking to our Messiah, right? Yeah. Right. Now, can you see it says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Mm -hmm. That house was never complete. So just as in the days of Haggai, it is now today. We have an unbuilt spiritual house that has been started but not completed. 
And Yahshua said, it's time to finish my house. He said, go up to the mountain. This mountain speaks to the kingdom of Elohim and bring wood. This wood speaks to men, righteous men, and build the house of Elohim. Speaks to his dwelling place. So please understand that we as followers of Yahshua are supposed to be building the house of Elohim by building houses for Elohim. Did you catch that? Yeah. I don't think y'all caught that. We're supposed to be building the house of Elohim by building houses for Elohim. Y'all get that? Yeah. I don't think y'all got it. We're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move on. You know, the only way you can build a house of Elohim is if we build houses for Elohim. That's the only way the house of Elohim is gonna get gonna get finished. Let me explain. You know, uh second witness that where that there was a house that was being built back in that day is Ephesians 2 18 through 21. Let me have my uh my next reader read Ephesians 2 18 through 22, please. For through him we both have access by one rock unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of Elohim, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Yahushua Mashiach himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Adonai, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of Elohim through the Ruach. Hallelujah. Okay, so we have a second witness that there was, in fact, a, a house of Elohim that has started to be built back even in the time of Yahshua's apostles. Amen. You know, and it even speaks of the foundation. The foundation was the apostles and the prophets and Yahshua himself being the chief cornerstone. You know, and what that speaks to essentially is, is Yahshua and his ecclesia. They, they were the foundation, you know, in whom all the building fit, fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Adonai. That's the way it's supposed to work. You know, um, and this is the way the building is being built. Only thing is, it's not done. Because the people of Elohim have left off building it. But just as the physical tabernacle preceded the physical temple, so it is with the spiritual temple. Hence, we must first erect spiritual tabernacles and get Ruach HaKodesh within them before the temple of Elohim can be built. And that's what I meant when I said, you know, uh, the house of Elohim, building the house of Elohim by building houses for Elohim. Mm -hmm. We have, we must first become houses for Elohim before we can build a house, the, the house of Elohim, you know, and we do that by becoming tabernacles, even the tabernacle of David, which was prophesied, you know, to be, reinstituted. Amen. 
you know, in Amos 9, 11, we read, in that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. And also in Yeshayahu 16, 5, it says that in mercy shall the throne be established. He shall sit it upon, he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hastening righteousness. What is the which which spirit is the is the uh Ruach HaKodesh? Say again. It's the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. What else? Spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. And he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David. What David's name is? Beloved. Beloved. So we're talking about a tabernacle of the beloved or a tabernacle of love, simply put. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. You know, he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of love. Mm -hmm. You know, judging and seeking judgment and hastening righteousness. When you look in scripture concerning the spirit of truth, it will tell you that he came to reprove the world and he did it by judging and pretty much seeking judgment and righteousness, you know, Selah. So this is what Yah, Yah was doing. He rose up the tabernacle of David. Now, when you think about a tabernacle, anybody know what a tabernacle is? Temporary dwelling place. Emphasis on temporary, you know? So, you know, when you think about the tabernacle, it was a temporary dwelling place and the show, you know, the, the show that, you know, it was carried all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we had the first, uh, we had, um, it become a bit stationary when Tabernacle David was erected. Anybody remember what was going on when David erected the Tabernacle? He had a problem. He had a problem, um, um, doing something. Anybody remember what that was? He couldn't build the temple because he had too much blood on his hands. That is true, but we're talking yeah. about the tabernacle. He couldn't bring he, the Ark of the Covenant. He couldn't bring the Ark of the Covenant into his tabernacle that he erected. Hmm. See, and you have to really understand that if you're really going to understand what's going on now. We have, many of us have erected tabernacles of love. But these tabernacles of love are empty in that they don't have the Ark of the Covenant in it. The Ark of the Covenant represented what? All of that is correct, but what I'm looking for is the presence of Elohim. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of the Most High because he would come and sit upon the mercy seat. Right. Okay. Yeah. And this is what Yeshayahu is alluding to, you know, in 16.5, he says, you know, and in mercy mm -hmm. shall the throne be established and he shall sit upon it in truth, in the spirit of truth, in the tabernacle of love. Everybody with me? Yeah. I probably should have told you to put your uh, rubber boots on, <laughs> you know. 
but this good stuff. And it's essential. It's essential that you understand, it. you know, um, because if you don't, you're not going to know where you're going, you know, or what you need to be doing, you know, but all of us need to be making houses for Elohim, you know, and, and I know that, you know, um, to a certain degree, many of us believe that we have made houses unto Elohim, but we must make certain that we get the tabernacle in to that, to our houses of, for Elohim into our dwelling places of love. Because if the Ruach HaKodesh, that is if the um, Ark of the Covenant, you know, the presence of Elohim is not in our tabernacles of love, then it's for not. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. You know, and if David had a problem getting them in there, <laughs> then it's likely we're going to have a problem getting them in there too, right? You know, that is there so that we can understand that it is not simple. It is, but it isn't. You have to follow instructions. The problem that David had when he was trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant in is he wasn't following instructions. He had to do it the old way, but he was trying to do it the new way. Say lot. You can't do it the new way. You have to do it the old way. Hence, in Amos 9, 11, it says that I will build it as in the days of old. Yeah. I will raise up his ruins. Understand that. Once ye erect, once ye erect a tabernacle of David, that is a temporary house of Elohim of love, and successfully get Ruach HaKodesh to um, dwell within. And if you die with him in there, whilst in this state, you then become a permanent house of Elohim. You know, so if you die a house of Elohim, then you'll always be a house of Elohim. Everybody with me? Does that make sense? You know, if you die in a state where you're a house of Elohim without the Ruach HaKodesh, then that's no good because you never became the house of Elohim. Yeah, you may have been a house of love, but it wasn't the love from on high. It was one of the two earthly loves. It was either the love of self or the love of the world. It wasn't the love of Yah or your love for your neighbor as, as yourself. You understand? Mm -hmm. You know, so you can be a house of love, but not be, not be, um, not house Elohim because you, you're using the wrong type of love for your house. You know, so once you erect a tabernacle of love, i.e. a temporary house of Elohim and successfully get Ruach HaKodesh to dwell within, and die whilst in this state, ye become a permanent house of Elohim. Therefore, Apostle Peter refers to us as lively stones. And Apostle Paul says we are fitly framed together, growing into a temple. So now that you become this stone, you know, this lively stone, this living stone, you know, you can be placed in the building of the temple of Elohim. You know, you're referred to as a stone because a stone don't change. 
Amen. A stone don't change. It's hard. It's sure. It's unyielding. And this is the pro these are the properties that you're going to need in order to become that stone. Amen. Amen. You know, if you do this successfully, you become one of those living stones and you get placed in the temple of Elohim. And this is why when you go to Revelations and you read about the temple of Elohim, you see it's made up of people. The gates, you know, are represented by the 12 tribes of Israel. Its pillars are represented by the apostles. Amen. And we know who the cornerstone is, right? You know, so it's saints that make up this temple of Elohim. And this is how you become a stone in the temple. You know, Acts 15, 16 through 18 says, after this, I will return and build it and will build again the tabernacle of David, the tabernacle of love, which is falling down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Adonai and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Adonai, who doeth all these things. Known unto Elohim are all his works from the beginning of the world. You know, these things, you know, are in his scripture because they were even the plan from the beginning. And Yah says he tells the end from the beginning. Amen? So, Hereby we learn that the tabernacle of David, that is the tabernacle of love, allows whomsoever, whomsoever will to seek after Yahushua. All are invited to erect unto Yahushua a tabernacle of love. So ye may be wondering just how do we become a tabernacle of David, or that is a tabernacle of love. And the answer is found in Yochanan 15, 9 and 10. As the Father hath loved me, Yahshua says, so have I loved you, continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If we keep the commandments of Yahshua, the commandments of Yahshua, speaking about Yahshua's commandments, words and saying, that's not to say you shouldn't keep Torah, but what I'm saying is you also need to keep Yahshua's commandments, words, and sayings. And if ye abide in them, if you keep them, ye shall abide in his love, and he shall abide in you, you shall be, abide in him. And he says, he, he and his father will come and sup with thee. They will manifest themselves with thee. They will dwell with thee. Meaning you will become a tabernacle of David. A tabernacle of love because Yah is love. Amen. Amen. You know, verses 9 through 11 goes on to say, Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. When ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith Yahuwah Zavo? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. And that is still going on spiritually now today. Everybody's running back and forth to their own house and they have not built a house for Elohim. They have not erected a tabernacle of love and got Ruach HaKodesh in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you've erected a house of love and Ruach HaKodesh isn't in there, then you're using the wrong love. And as long as you're using the wrong love, it is not the tabernacle of David 
because Yah's love isn't there. Say a lot. Now, verse 10 goes on to say, therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I call for a drought. So in other words, you know, this is why you have a curse on you. You know, and then he says in verse 11, I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. Now, the spiritual aspect of this drought is as follows. You know, the corn speaks to natural good, natural good of the ecclesia. The new wine speaks to spiritual good of the ecclesia. And the oil speak to heavenly good of the ecclesia, you know, uh, and to put it another way, you know, the corn speaks to that, to the, that which is holy of the ecclesia. The new wine speaks to that which is, which is holier, you know, of the ecclesia. And the oil speaks to that which is holiest of the ecclesia, the holy of holies. Amen. And I have, you know, Prophet Amos prophesied the same thing in Amos 8, 11. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Adonai Yahuwah, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but for, the, for hearing the words of Yahuwah. You know, and, you know, in a time when Bibles are abundant, they can be found just about any and everywhere. There's still a famine for hearing the words of Yahoo. Sad but true, say lot. Now, it spoke about him calling for a drought. And with the prophecy within the prophecy that we read, that, that we all learned about today, we have a time frame. And within that time frame, you know, um, concerning the last days, it does speak about Yah sending a drought. And this is found in Revelation 16, 8 and 9. It says, then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun causing it to scorch everyone with his fire. Remember what it was talking about, the, uh, you know, when when Yahuwah waxed hot, you know, during the time of his heat, it says everyone was burned by this blast of heat. And they cursed the name of Elohim who had control over all these plagues. And they did not repent of their sins and turn to Elohim and give him glory. Mm. So these things are prophesied to come. Please understand this. Verse 12, and Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and, and Yahushua, the son of Yosedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of Yahuwah, their Elohim, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as Yahuwah, their Elohim, had sent him. And the people did fear before Yahuwah. You know, so Haggai 1.12 um, with the, understanding inserted 
says unto those born in confusion, building the family's name, praying to Elohim and to those delivered of Yahushua, the builder of Yah's righteousness, the high priest, um, Yah's righteousness, the high priest with all the remnant of the people obeying the voice of Yahuwah, their Elohim and the words of the feast keeping prophet <laughs> that Yahuwah, um, their Elohim sent him. And the people did fear before Yahuwah, speaking that they had received some of the oil. How do we know that they received some of the oil? Even because they have some wisdom. How do we know they have some wisdom? Even because the fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of wisdom. So we know they got some oil. They've been anointed. Amen. Amen. Verses 13 through 15. Uh, then said, then spake Haggai, Yahuwah's messenger, and Yahuwah's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Yahuwah stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, or stirred up the spirit of those who were born in confusion, the builders of, of those praying to Elohim, the governor of Yahuwah, the governor of the confessor, confessors of Yahuwah, and the Ruach, the spirit of Yahushua, the, the um, builder of Yah's righteousness, the high priest, and the the Ruach or the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of Yahuwah Zavah their Elohim mm -hmm. in the four and 20th day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. Mm -hmm. So there will be a people that will answer this call mm -hmm. to build, to finish building Yah's house. Mm -hmm. The question is, are we going to be a part of it? You know, so... That's all I have for you today. Prayer was a blessing. Hallelujah.